by Pepper Boys and Pepper Boys LLC. Subsidiary terms and conditions apply. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh, oh B boys, Pete. Uh, go for Pete. Go for Josh Pitt. Uh, lone canoe boy here. And you know you got uh, a canoe boy here too because we oh, are. Oh, interesting. Areas. We're in separate areas. Interesting. Just uh, it's uh, sounds like we got uh, two canoe boys here. Now, before we get into it, uh, as a teaser, I am currently on number 15 for our big project that's coming up. Um, okay, I am still on 12. <laughs> all right. So I have I've... not even thought about it since last we spoke. <laughs> well, I waiting um, to get this up. I was like, all right, let's uh, brainstorm a couple, a couple for our big project that's coming mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And I'm very curious... We am not consulting on no. um, the tone, the uh, process for how this is going. So I think the uh, title uh, communicates everything you need to know about the tones. For sure, yeah. But sometimes <laughs> it's like, are you gonna go farther in a direction than I am? Because mm. I'm. Some of it's grounded. Some of it's not grounded. So. It, yeah, we'll, it, we'll see. Um, slowly but surely. So, well, Pete, only with your eyes closed can you see. Um, so close your eyes and, and let that guide you to how you should be uh, going about this project. You getting, you getting Chinese food recently? They don't even do those things on um, in fortune cookies anymore. Oh, Peter. <sighs> yeah. No, I understand what you're talking about. Um, I actually, have you been doing any deep dives on that? Okay. So, um, this is Obi, Obi two boys. Obi. Oh Obi my gosh. Oh boy. Two canoe boys. We'll put her yeah, in the yeah. Josh pit coming at you live. <clears throat> um, yes. Yeah, so this week we are going to be covering part three of, the Obi-Wan series. Halfway through already. Just like that. Halfway through. Crazy. Yeah, and it's also it's different too with this episode, at least on my for for me of oh my gosh, we have to wait this long um for this episode to come out because when episode three came out um this past Wednesday, I was Star Wars dad. I mean I still am mm -hmm. consuming a lot of Star Wars. Um even even at, at right now, like I watch Bad Batch. Um, I'm probably gonna get um, that Quinlan Voss book and start Lost reading that. Lost Disciple, or is that mm -hmm. correct? Or yeah, going... something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I yeah. was gonna. You know, I don't have much in the way of news, so I figured our first segment maybe would be a little bit of um, talking post celebration because I think you and I both were were super. Um, burned out i guess just in general i mean i was you know i had a lot of travel that whole week it was just like done by monday um like i thought my big plan was you know the wife was working overnight on monday so i was like oh i'm gonna watch the batman i was like i'm not gonna watch the batman i'm going to bed i'm going freaking bed okay um but i as burned out as i felt on star wars and as quickly as i was like oh i am not going to london for celebration i'm all good on celebration 
I have watched like a, a vast majority of the Star Wars Celebration coverage that got posted to the Star Wars YouTube page. Like I watched the Attack of the Clones panel. I watched all the like Star Celebration live stage interviews that like Andy Gutierrez and and those guys did. Um, I've been, I've, I've, I'm like low key, I think percolating towards like some star Wars binging here. And the wife has been talking about like, Oh yeah, we should, we need to rewatch Phantom Menace. We need to do the movies again and stuff. So I, you know, as, um, as tired of it as I was by the end of celebration, I feel like, Oh, I'm actually like ready to actively engage with, with star Wars content again. And I'm excited to do so which as you know regular listeners of the show know you know for a while there i was just kind of kind of had lost my taste for it a little bit needed a breather yeah and um well your your wife um we've talked about this on the pod she's a big prequels fan Mm -hmm. she did Uh, like she liked the for anyone who listened to the fashion show she likes the padme tie-dye shirt that went over oh that's great psyched for that the po boy striker stuff um fashion the star wars celebration <laughs> anaheim 2022 the important part <laughs> strut your stuff well, i'm trying to think I, you've ever done <laughs> i haven't listened to it Me because neither, there, but I there's so it. many points where you're talking and i'm like you are 10 feet from the microphone you're talking to me <laughs> i know you're talking to me but like <laughs> Listen, my mic, you know, it's it's not a cheap one, but it's certainly not something that can pick you like, oh, look at me. This is something that look at this thing. I, I And I'm not going to say what you were wearing because, you know, uh, jokes on you, listener. You have to listen to um, day two of Star Wars Celebration, our, our content. Yeah. Fashion show. But, um, oh, boy, was that was that a uh, was that an episode? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, so I would say I, I've started watching Bad Batch. Yeah. Um, I watched um, all of the cinematic trailer, uh, cinematic cutscenes. Oh, scene right. You're telling me about this. <laughs> from um, Fallen Order. <laughs> and I was like, uh, basically talking my, how long? An hour and a half. Hour and a um, half. An hour and a half. Although, granted, I, I skipped some stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, here and there. So it was an hour and a half, but. It was like, um, just getting getting some of the content. I um, and I've I've kind of done this before, where it's like I just like the cutscenes. I don't, mm-hmm. the content itself. Like I did this with Glee like years ago, where I'm like I, I can't stand the singing. <laughs> but I liked I liked all the jokes, so I would just like watch Glee, and then when they'd start singing, I'd fast forward, and I would just go to like I I binge that show probably in like a week and it was like 80 episodes because if you take out the singing from the singing show, they're like seven to 17 minute episodes. Go figure. Now. So I did that. Um, and it's gotten me super, super excited for, um, what's happening, um, with Kenobi. I could um, play fallen order again. Honestly, I don't know how, but somehow I once again feel like I could play that game again. <laughs> Do they do DLC? Great question. I don't know. I don't think. But I imagine we would have talked about it. We would have we would have played it, I think. We would have played it. Yeah, well, I would have I would say yes on that because I mean you bought squadrons. Yeah. 
I mean, we um, used to be pretty desperate for content when we were doing episodes every week, no matter what. Oh, boy. So can we talk about the schedule of the fall? uh, Yeah, because I have it. I think I know the fix, but uh, yeah. Okay. So it's in August, Andor comes out late August. August August 31st, I believe. August 31st. And they've confirmed it's 12 episodes. Ooh, okay. So that's presumably at least 11 weeks maybe they'll double up or whatever but wasn't andor filming before the mandalorian i don't know i know it was in development for a long time but i lose track of all that because like andor and kenobi we've been hearing about these shows forever and they're just now like they're coming to fruition i mean i know like i feel like we knew about them before solo came out so who knows when it was actually filming though yeah yeah august 31st for that and then Bad Batch is late September. Bad Batch, they announced this past week, is going to come out September 28th. So that's, you know, what, four or five weeks after Andor. So we've we've got a good, like, month or two there where... Yeah. And it's not even going to be, like, resistance. You know, the, the height of our um, futility with this show was when we did episodes for Mandalorian Resistance and Episode 9, like in the same week. But at that point, Resistance was coming out on Disney XD still, like on cable. Oh and my so gosh. it was on like Saturday <laughs> or Sunday. And Mandalorian uh, was on Disney Plus on, was it Friday originally? No, it was always Wednesday, right? Or I don't know. But there were different days of Wednesday. the week. It was different mm-hmm. days of the week. But now... I mean, forget, like, yeah, it, it, once a week, two episodes of Star Wars are going to be dropping. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we have Diego Boys we got planned for Andor that we've been talking about doing Diego Boys since almost the beginning of this podcast, I feel like. Excited to do that. But then, you know, can't shortchange season two of Echo Boys either. Oh, I mean, I, if you have the chance to watch Bad Batch, it's incredible. Um, and the first episode is so good. Yeah. And there's so many different um there's so many different takes that um I had and I was looking I was thinking about them as I was watching this episode of um Bad Batch because um Omega I didn't like her to start I'm like, oh my gosh, like a, a girl a girl clone, blah. And then I was on I was on this train of oh my gosh, she's a she's she's force sensitive. Oh my gosh! Yep, a force sensitive clone, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I I'm never right with any of these takes. But yeah, um, yeah, and again, yeah. you know, said before, say it again. We were the first to admit when that trailer came out and saw there was going to be a little kid. Goes back to this whole Leia controversy going on. Look, I just I think I think it's just myself included. Some folks are just like I don't. Even when I was a little kid, I swear this is true. I did not. I had no interest in the little kid characters. I didn't want to be the little kid. I wanted to be the cool grown up. So I was definitely yeah. We were ready to be like oh god, little kid. Like best character in Star Wars right now. Good lord, pretty love Omega. Um, god, the show's so yeah, good. I, and we I are do such regret. Fools. I do regret not um seeing Michelle Ang. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was at Celebration. Well, have we talked about how at the Bad Batch panel they read a scene together? Uh, who's that? No, we haven't talked Michelle about Michelle Ang and, and D. Bradley Baker. 
they like performed a scene from the show on stage together. Um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. That sounds um also maybe so, the like... thing I feel worst about missing. Like that's the kind of thing that's like you got to be in the room. Yeah, or something like that. Though I will say I watched a recap of that Lucasfilm showcase that they did on Thursday to open it up and when Harrison Ford comes out on stage and then he brings John Williams out on stage and John Williams plays the Indiana Jones theme that that also would have been absolutely tremendous well it's also just the at the time you wouldn't have wouldn't have expected it right no. so like I've talked about this in our day three coverage um, I was the Mando Plus panel and I saw the a teaser to Ahsoka. So I saw like a minute of Ahsoka. And I was not expecting that. Granted, I wasn't speculating anything about the Mando Plus panel. And it was just insane. Um, people were screaming. Nobody knows what the theme is to Ahsoka yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, they played it. And n- nobody, I mean, everybody was screaming for that. Um, for sure. So, yeah, this is... Um, you're getting peak um, Star Wars energy from from both of us, and then Visions and High Republic, which we'll do one-off episodes, um, maybe at the end of oh, all of gosh, this. That's, yeah, because that'll be coming out in October. But yeah, I mean, it takes a minute yeah. to read a book. I I don't think we need it. I think that'll be a separate. I think we'll do High Repo Boys at the end for whatever that new book is. Well, High Repo Boys was one of our most popular episodes this year because it was our last episode for three months. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think you got a, a lot of high Republic fans. We got a fans. whole bunch of email traffic about it. Uh, don't don't uh, don't talk to me about the emails. Um, so I I I didn't think that we were gonna come at it from this with the start of the episode. I actually wanted us to talk about some of the production for this because we didn't really um, kind of note a couple of these things, like you know Deborah Chow being the first. Um, a uh, woman to be a showrunner for a Star Wars show. Yeah. Um, Natalie Holt was not a person. Yeah, the composer. That was on my radar. Mm-hmm. Because um, I looked at that and I'm like, huh. I, I, I hadn't heard anything about that. Um, so I kind of looked her up. Um, but, well, let's let's go with the music. All right. So um, Natalie Holt is the composer for um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and... <clears throat> yeah, Jeez. the theme is by John Williams, mm-hmm. but Natalie Holt is doing all the all the rest of the music. And then there's also just a quick asterisk here. If anyone knows, there's like another credit for like there's Obi Wan Kenobi theme by John Williams. The score is by Natalie Holt, but there's Obi Wan Kenobi theme adapted by some other guy. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe if that just means John Williams just wrote it out and that guy conducted or something. I don't know. But so there's three credits for the music in this. But yeah, Natalie Holt is the one, you know, doing doing the work, doing all the you know yeah. the music. And then are you familiar with her? No, not off the top of my head. Yeah, so she's actually done some things that I'm a big fan of. So she did Oh, Terra Nova. Uh, she did Terra Nova. La Brea. <laughs> She did La Brea. Well, she did um, Woman in Gold, which is oh, Ryan, um, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Helen Mirren, yeah. um, which uh, is is uh, an emotionally draining movie. 
and I'm sure that I mean music plays a really big part of that. Um, oh yeah, she did Loki, and she did Loki. Yeah, Loki uh, that was, was I particularly specifically really loved the music in Loki. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It was very cool and very like appropriate for the whole vibe of it. Yeah. 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 I loved Loki. I got uh, friend of the show, Money Man Cody, once clowned me on that because. I was telling him about the score at a brewery we were at. I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like it. It's got like these old school kind of like sci-fi vibes and stuff. I'm very into it. And then the uh, bartender came and took our order and was like, oh, yeah, what do you guys think of Loki? And then my man Cody turned to the bartender and goes, oh, yeah, I really like the music. It's got this really cool kind of old sci-fi vibe to it. <laughs> That's great. So, yes, I know Natalie Holt. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. She's, she's doing a very cool job. Yeah, and um, it's also difficult too because like there there are some scenes that, especially in episode three of this, which are super um, emotionally disruptive is a way I'll describe some some parts of this episode, mm-hmm. and there isn't like a a song yet from like Mandalorian season one or season two um, that I can think of at this point. Like, like music you can specifically hum or that you remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. But also I don't necessarily know if I need to have that all the time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I I think that um, she's doing a great job and there's not really too much to add to that, but I'm, I'm glad like her doing Loki her doing this. Um, you know, we talk about um, people being in the kind of on the roster of Star Wars content creators. So like R- Rick Famuyiwa is is like that, mm-hmm. um, where he's going to be an EP for season three of Mando. And I'm curious if they're doing that with composers, right? Loki, maybe she's going to be on another Marvel project. She's on this Disney project. Yeah, um, hopefully she'll be back for Loki season two. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and then we have, um, have we, we haven't talked about the writers at all. No, um, there's, there's at least on this episode, there's at least four writers, um, who are people I've never heard of. Same. Um, Joby Harold, Hannah Friedman, Hossein Amini and Stuart Beatty. Um, who are people that are, they have faces and I now see names to those faces. Um, and there is not a lot of descriptive descriptions about these people on Wikipedia. So according to Wikipedia, this is the only thing these people have ever done. <laughs> Go for and, you know, Wiki- oh, actually, nope. Oh, oh, and just oh, hearing you no, do no. the research as we record is, is enthralling for sure. Um, this is good podcasting. So, they list all four people similar to Solo, but they did rewrites. It looks like, yeah, like this... I'm sure. Because mm-hmm. um, um, Hossein, um, I apologize if I'm butchering that. Hossein Amini was replaced with Joby Harold, hmm. and then Stuart Beatty. I would assume is nope, no assumptions. Um. Well, so I what what um comments have you heard from people about um Obi Wan so far? 
Like just people in your. Yeah, I mean, nine. I only have talked to two people about it. I'm off of Twitter again because we're not at celebration, so I haven't heard too much. Uh, wife and I watched the first episode, and then I tried her to talk her into watching the second episode last night, and she was like, "Yeah, no, I think we're gonna watch the second episode tonight." She's not sold. And then I texted you when we were watching it, and it and it flashed to Alderaan. She out loud was like, "Oh no, I'm not going to have to meet Young Leia, am I?" Um, and she was definitely super ambivalent about that. I think, you know, we were talking about the episode afterwards and she, you know, did say that as much as like, as an adult, she has no interest in that. She can imagine, you know, like when she was a girl, Princess Leia was like the coolest thing around or the coolest lady around. And she was like, I'm sure if I were that age, I would be losing my mind seeing like Leia at my age. So, I mean, you know, and there is, I mean. You do have to remember that this is supposed to be for kids. It gets harder and harder to remember that, even with the animation. I mean, we take Bad Batch very seriously, and very rarely are we like, oh, yeah, what is this teaching the kids or whatever? But um, I talked to somebody else about it. They never even brought up the lay of it all. It didn't seem like an issue one way or the other, but it sounds like Vader went over really well with folks. And um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I haven't heard anything super strong one way or the other, though, I would say. Like, I don't think people in my circle, which I mean, again, is two people are like losing their minds over it in the way that like after I watched this, I was watching this episode and I thought to myself, like, oh, this is good Star Wars. Yeah, I, I was very uh, into this episode. So, I, I mean, some people have walked up to me. I had a student ask me how the Star Wars convention was. And I was like, great. And you're um, like, what are you talking about? I was at a work function. <laughs> no, I admitted it. I was like, uh, it was great. And, and then that was the end of the conversation. Um, but I, a family member um, was like, with episode one, um, I would have kidnapped Leia in like a heartbeat. Like, um, I got to tell you, and I rewatched that episode. I mean, that that scene is is kind of egregious. <laughs> How long that goes on for. It is kind of. And the obstacles that the pursuers run into, like oh, there's a there's a tree in my way. It did it did mm-hmm. ring a little clumsy the second time I watched it when yeah. I had sleep behind me. And then um, I I didn't hear my first in person complaint about the writing for Riva. Mm. Riva's writing is just not; it's too theatrical, too out there. What? Um, <laughs> And I'm like, I guess you've never seen any other of the movies because that's exactly how Kylo acts. Mm. Uh, Vader doesn't necessarily act like that. I mean, by the way, I love Sung King in this show. I think he's just great at the fifth brother. But if we're going to talk about like theatrical, you know, there's a guy who's like talking like a snake, right? He's like pretty much hissing when he speaks. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's really owed stuff. But I don't think we're ever going to find out what he's owed. Um, I yeah. know. I think we might. Um, I'm glad. Yeah. I am glad you. I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot again, real quick. I'm glad you brought up the whole Reva thing again because after we recorded last week, I was like, "Oh, I sounded like a fool," and I did a lot of thinking about our conversation about all that backlash she was facing last week, and we were talking about it. And my whole kind of thing was like, I really don't want to get into that too much. And in, in, in our show, because I don't want to like amplify all that. And then I left kind of feeling like I had said, 
oh, we're going to pretend that never happened and we're going to ignore it and, and turn our heads. But in thinking about further, I think what I was, what I'm trying to get at is I feel like those goons that, that are quick to do that and immediately just start slinging racism and ignorance and nonsense. I feel like they try and like take control of the discourse and in jumping on any, any opportunity to be a huge racist that they can, they just try to reframe the discussion on these shows so that like anything positive or negative that anyone says has to take into account the nonsense they're slinging. And I don't want to take any, like, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let them, our discourse is not a response to them. And my excitement for this character is not a response to them being racist. I'm excited for this character. And so I don't want their nonsense to be clouding what we're trying to say about it and our excitement for it and our passion for it or whatever. I don't know. Like I said, shoot myself in the foot again. I'm not going to bring it up again next week. I am done trying to talk about it. Um, well, I will bring up probably three or four more times. Oh, great. Similar to Big Dave fashion of that Moses Ingram's from Baltimore and she went to yeah, the I was Baltimore waiting. School. Oh, right. No, yeah. You texted me that out of nowhere. I was like, what, what do you want me yeah. to say? <laughs> um, she went to the Baltimore School of Arts, which is where Tupac went and uh, Will Smith's wife. Um, any, Basically, any creative person. Will Smith's wife. Uh, Jada Pickett-Smith. There you go. Um, there's a couple other people. There's like some actors from The Wire that went there as well. But here's um, just something. Like, mm-hmm. Did you know this? Because you've never mentioned it, so I have to think you just don't know that Ming Na Win went to Dave Filoni's high school. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow! <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. I don't think they're within the same age. Um, because Ming Na Win's relatively older, but sh- you would never tell. Is is my understanding? Like she's in her fifties. I mean, I have no idea. Uh, I mean, I know that she has certainly been a presence in popular culture longer. Like Mulan was in the in the nineties or whatever. Wow. Well, um, you have dictated at least three to five minutes of my internet content today. Yep, there uh, you go. Learned that while my on my Star Wars celebration uh, interview watching Dave Filoni mentioned that. Nice. So um, we've actually been talking about um, different things. Let's get into the episode. Okay. Yes, let's start talking about this episode. Um, so this is part three, and great title. Um, I yeah. Well, you famously talk about titles a lot, and um, how you get upset if they don't um make sense for me. If they don't act if they don't literally reflect what is happening in the episode. Yeah, I just that was a failing grade. It. I love it when they say the episode title in the episode. Oh, big fan of that. And they're never going to say part three. Um, like, Tala is never going to be like, oh, can you hand me part three over there of that? Tala? Uh, conver- Tala, isn't it? Tala and Dira Varma's um, character, or is it Hala? I think it's Tarla. Tarla? Who are you talking okay. about? The... Um, Rebel that helps them. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was Tala. I mean, I'm Tarla Limpon. Nope, nope. That's a different character. Tala Durith. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. Um. So, 
last week um they are fleeing they're going to this planet um that they have no idea what's um out there for them and basically obi-wan is like in ptsd mode and is just um still reeling emotionally as they get there and they're going to Muguza, Magoza, Muguza, which is a mining, and in, in the uh, Mapuzo, Mapuzo, um, which is in a mining system. Um, which I don't know how many mining systems we've seen. I mean, we've seen Kessel, which is just a you know a terrible place. And then I guess Lethal isn't a mining system. That's a a, a farming planet, right? Well, you get the impression from the myriad of Star Wars books that I don't read because they all kind of take place under the reign of the Empire. And to me, seem like they tell the same broad story that under the Empire, like any planet's a mining planet. Like if, if, if it has any natural resources, the Empire is going to just show up and strip it bare and, you know, mine it to the core and take it for everything it's worth. So I suspect in, in the era that Obi-Wan Kenobi is taking place in, there's a lot of mining planets that were not mining planets circa episode three yeah Yeah. so the episode starts with them um getting into the system and they do a good job of not overloading you with this but they definitely show that leia is rich and she does not understand how the world works because she is like make this ship go faster and he's trying to fix her little droid and she, he's trying to fix Lola, and she is not aware of any of that. Um, there's not really too much to talk about. What did you think of the new um, loader droid or them kind of explaining Nebby. that? Um, Nebby. Um, how uh, what did you think of that new um, droid that they introduced? I enjoyed it. I thought it looked cool. I liked the, the way it moved, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Well, it's also just cool them introducing the concept of there are houses, there are systems that are automated because mm-hmm. why wouldn't they be automated? Yeah. Um, you don't have to always have people fly things, um, which is like a really cool kind of like, I mean, we're never going to get to it, but what you'd imagine in a futuristic mode of Amazon, like drones going to an Amazon warehouse and then be on an assembly line to get to people. But um yeah, really cool system. Um what did you think of what did you think of the the planet the first couple scenes? I you know, I can imagine people being like, "Oh, it's just a lot of talking or something." I don't know. I would be curious what the reaction to the first chunk of this episode uh, as a whole like amongst the viewership is because it is very much an episode in two halves and then much like I think for me, Avengers Endgame, like the back half is so insane that you might forget about stuff in the front half that you would otherwise not care for. Um, now, for me, I, watching it again, I watched it a second time today and I've got it on in the background right now. I really enjoyed the beginning and the talking and the conversations between Obi-Wan and Leia and then their kind of act that they put on for the stormtroopers, I thought was cool and devastating i don't know something about an older man saying i get confused uh really rips my heart out every time i encounter it um 
yeah, I thought it was I thought it was cool, and I thought that the planet looked pretty cool, even though it seems like it's probably just like somewhere in California, in a way <laughs> that like there's um that some episode vineyard. Mm-hmm. What I was gonna say, some vineyard that's like uh, <laughs> there you go, like not paying its mortgage or something. Yeah, and like there's an episode of The Mandalorian in season two where Boba Fett first shows up. And they're they're similarly in like a rock formation in California or whatever. And watching that, I like that episode, but watching that episode, just something about the location they picked, it felt very like 90s adventure television to me in a way. But I, I really enjoyed the environment here and I thought they shot it really well. And I thought Natalie Holt's music, there's a lot of like wide shots of the environment and stuff and her music really complemented that well. So I was really enjoying the... Um, the kind of trip along the dusty old trail. Uh, weird that Zach Braff is that guy, but I you know. um, did not track that. So when I was telling, how people, could you? Have? Well, I was like, oh, Seth Rogen's in this. That's what I said. <laughs> I said, oh, um, Seth Rogen plays a mole, a mole alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I still, I still can't um hear that Zach Braff. Um, awesome. I, I, I'm. When we go to celebration virtually, um, it'll be really cool if they have the Freck costume or if it's all CGI. Um, Freck glasses that have that weird little nose. Because let me say this: I don't. I tried to figure it out. I could just open a book. Actually, I'll probably do that while you're talking. But Freck is looks like an alien from Saga, the comic book Saga. I'm. I swear, I can remember. There's an alien that looks exactly like that, like a little more smooth, but like pink with that weird, explodey nose. Um, right well, from there's, Saga. A, there, there's a a a mole, a real mole that has that nose. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I think it's deniability, in, huh? Yeah, I. Um, it, it, if you're a mole person. Um, go go get some sun, okay? <laughs> um, you know, obviously, you know, make sure that you have that SPF on you. But um, yeah, get out get out of the basement. Go get go get some sun. Um, Freck was great. I think it's really cool that they're showing in in those like five ten minutes of dialogue and movement. They show a world that's lived in, right? They show that Leia doesn't real realize that the Empire's bad. Um, and that or Bale is not um, putting that on her because um, mm-hmm. she's like, you know, they bring this order, etc. Freck is a person who lives in that system and is OK with everything. And it's also so much of um, the Empire is xenophobic, right? There's only ever British white guys that are in anything. And then um, Bill Burr. So... <laughs> Well, and you know, certainly no non-humanoid. Yeah, for sure. And them having that good relationship uh, with with them. Now, Freck does seem kind of like a snitch. So oh, yeah. there, there's certainly that. And you don't see any of Freck's kind in the village um, later on in the episode. But Good that's, point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Well, I also think it would just maybe cost too much to um, carry a Freck through the force and then mm. snap its neck. Yeah, sure. But um, yeah, all of that's all of that stuff. Like 
I think we have pretty much seen all of the scenes except for there's a scene with Reva from the trailer that we have not seen yet where she's mm, like batting okay. off blaster fire. But uh -huh. I think we've pretty much like the Obi-Wan taking out all those dudes um, at the um, nonsensical gate where they could have just like walked around the gate um, instead of having to shoot it mm -hmm. um, was in the trailer. So I think we're almost near the end of it's all new content from here. Nice. Um, so let's get into um, we meet um, Tala and she is. I wouldn't be surprised if we see her in um, in Andor because she has a very similar role to what um um andor does you know diego um, um diego luna's character um infiltrating helping although hers is more of a smuggler of helping right. people as opposed yeah. to a spy network that um cassian is part of right but um, they are yeah they introduce this whole idea of the path where there you know there are resistance figures who are setting up a network to like yeah, smuggle Force-sensitive people and other people in danger from them, vampire and give them new identities and all that. And yeah, that that's ripe for extrapolating on in other Star Wars stories, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we um, get to see that there's a confirmation that at least at some point, although I'd be surprised if they don't bring this person in some instant in one way or another. Yeah. Maybe it's in Obi-Wan, maybe it's in... Um, um, Jedi Survivor because that's set around the same time. Oh, but yeah. um, there's a confirmed Jedi alive, uh, Quinlan Voss. Yep. Now you haven't read the book, but did you read any? Is there any comic that you've read with Quinlan Voss in it? Nope, I'm just aware of him, and I know you know the uh, the one Clone Wars episode he was in, which was not enough. Should have been more. I guess there was going to be more. Um, yeah, so I mean, I have I have a, a loose awareness of the character's history and sort of broad strokes of what what his whole deal in Legends was. But I would I'm I'm no expert for sure. I never yeah, read so, anything. So this guy is around the same age, I would say, of Obi Wan, maybe a little bit older. Mm -hmm. um, his. So he was in charge of the spy network. So he was fulcrum during the Clone Wars, whereas, you know, Ahsoka was fulcrum during um, Rebels and um, Rogue One. Maybe she's an Andor, like referenced in Andor. Um, and then Ayla Sakura, who's the blue um, Twi'lek that gets killed in episode three. That was her Padawan. That actress was at Celebration. Mm -hmm. And I happened to be in line with someone who had gotten something signed by her. And she was signing things, watch your back. That's great. Yeah, That's really pretty good. good. Pretty good. Yeah, so um, he's in one episode where they're tracking a person. His, like, special, his special force power is psychometry, um, which is in Fallen Order, where you touch something and you can feel its history through the force. Um, so that's kind of, maybe they'll go deeper into that. I, I, I really think this is just a, 
thing for the fans at this point of this is a character that you don't see in the movies other than you see a character that looks like him in episode one on Tatooine. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically kind of a cult favorite of people um, that love love this character for sure. I I there was certainly somebody dressed like um, Quinlan Voss at Celebration. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. I can't really think of I, I can't remember off the top of my head seeing that, but I would be shocked if there wasn't. And then I have s- since seen some deep dives of this. Some people actually trans. So in that room of that kind of waypoint, um, there's other writing on it. Mm-hmm. And they basically confirm even further Corin Horn. Because um, they confirm his dad, um, which his dad in the Legends was a Jedi. And then um, he becomes a he becomes a Corsac officer at Corellia. And then Corin doesn't even know his dad's a Jedi um, until years later. Now, this is a little bit different because, you know, that kid's obviously alive and is going to Corellia thanks to Haja. But um, they're further throwing these, like, Easter egg things that um, people are just going insane about. But that's uh, that's enough of the legend stuff. Um, for, for I am. It does make me curious how much of this will be in conversation with the upcoming Fallen Order game. Or not Fallen Order, I guess, Jedi Survivor game. Because I one of the things I really liked uh, you know, live actions like the cream of the crop, and we've kind of talked about before, where like if something is canon somewhere else, like comic books or video games or whatever, it's sort of like if live action wants to do it differently, I feel like they will. Um, but it looked, you know, we had here in this episode the Fortress Inquisitorius as, as we saw it in Fallen Order, and and I guess Fallen well, Order or whatever, but the same look, the same planet, you know, the ocean planet, and that whole vibe, so that was very cool, so it does seem like this is, I mean, I guess because of the time period, a little bit in conversation with Jedi Fallen Order, and potentially Jedi Survivor, and maybe we could see, like you're saying, Quinlan Voss, or some of these other, you know, the path could play a role in, in Jedi Survivor, or something like that. Time will tell. Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I and I I'm definitely not under in, in that camp of we're going to see um, Cal Kestis in this. Like, I'm sure there's a bunch of people there. Well, like, I think Cal Kestis is Darth Vader. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's like that tech guy that's um, kind of saluting Reva. She makes her like three mile walk to the ready room that they like to show in the, mm-hmm. at, at the middle point of the episode. Yeah. Although, the nice little conference room. We didn't, uh, they did show how the probe droids are sent off. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure some people are really jonesed about. Um, but yeah, that happened. All right. So let's get into, you know, Vader gets into the town. Um, yeah. this was, um, a part of it where I kind of regret the timing of when I watched this. Like, I feel like if I, if I had watched was it this right outside, it was, it was morning. Yeah. I was morning and I, I don't even know if I watched it all in one sitting. Cause I watched it at school. Uh, Pete famously, there is no 
there is nothing sacred enough that it needs to be watched with any sort of reverence for Pete. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was regretting it because I was like, if this was, you know, 10 years ago where streaming services didn't exist and I mean, you could DVR something, but you had to be there Thursday night, eight o'clock to watch this. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you had to go to the bathroom, you just ran because you didn't know how long the commercial was going to be or get snacks or whatever. Um, that experience would have hit a lot more. Um, kind of like watching it at night, um, big TV, surround sound, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was, uh, we get the Obi-Wan Vader um, showdown. And it was every bit as um, terrifying as you would imagine. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that for sure because I think... You know, we can all say what we will about the the pros and cons of the Disney era, but I think that Disney has, like, decided that, no, Darth Vader is terrifying. And we depict Darth Vader is going to be terrifying as he is here, as he's in Rogue One. I did want to take this moment, now that we are talking about it, though, to just throw back out into into the world that, like, this Darth Vader, who's, like, from a slasher movie or something, this Darth Vader, to me, shows up and debuts in Star Wars Rebels. And I think um, there's a lot of Rebels love right now because of everything that's happening in the Disney Plus shows. And I think that Rebels also really deserves some major credit for Vader's debut there, which was terrifying. And they've continued that that depiction since then. But to me, Rebels, when he shows up, is, is where he first is like not just a villain, but something very scary. And yeah, I thought they did a good job of continuing that in this episode. Well, they throw an AT-AT at him, and he just bats it away <laughs> in Rebels. And they're like, um, "Oh my, yeah!" It was just, it was just absolutely, absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, which I is is as it should be. Um, it does make you think, um, who in their right mind can actually take this guy on? Because it's mm-hmm. certainly not Obi Wan. And yeah, out of practice, the line, that's for sure. The, the line from New Hope is the last time we met, I right. was the apprentice, you were the master. Mm-hmm. So it is going to be really curious to see how they have three episodes left. We don't know the length of those episodes. Yeah. But they need to have him get in touch with the Force, um, right. throw some uh, Bacta some Bacta packs onto mm-hmm. his um, very, very hot um, arm yeah. and throw him back out there to take on Vader. Yeah, I don't um, think anyone thinks that this is their climactic confrontation, for sure. I think this yeah, is definitely also... just setting the stage for what's to come in terms of them having their little halfway point reunion. What did you think of the banter? The banter? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, the what's happened to you? Um, you should have killed I am, me. I am what you made me. I am what you made me. The I years am what you not... made me is is really stuck out to me because I guess just like on paper in a vacuum, I could see someone being like, "Oh, that's sort of a cringy line," or that's not like the most nuanced thing he could say. But I am what you made me is like that's what the prequels are. Is this? failure of the jedi order and and this failure of good and the the consequences of that on on this young man's life 
And it, I mean, it really rings true when he says it. And it's really sad. And it's also because there's the, you know, the alternate kind of read on those sorts of things is, you know, I am what you made me. And I'm not very happy with that. And you should have killed me when you had the chance. Because what is my life now? I'm not loving this. Maybe I should have done. You should have killed me, maybe. And I think we'd both be happier if I were dead or whatever. I don't know. It's he. He's not. He's not a happy guy. I don't think. There's, uh, despite his you know sterile appearance. I mean, in the in the capable hands of James Earl Jones, those lines really. They have a lot of gravitas, and they you know send my emotional imagination running in thinking. Oh, you know, what is Anakin thinking? What is he feeling? I mean, just like again, you, you know, we want to knock this episode. Why the heck doesn't he just grab him across the fire again? He did it once, but then now the now it's a different fire, so you can't grab him this time. This time he goes, but they really make a point of him watching Obi Wan get away and really just like staring, and you're just like, what is this guy thinking? What is going on here? It's very compelling. I mean, on paper, it's, it's very silly that again he's like, well, this time I didn't start this fire, so I can't do anything. I can't reach him anymore. Who knows? And I have my own kind of theories for why he you know let him go as i'm sure everyone does and i'm sure maybe they'll touch on it in the next episode but very compelling very compelling dialogue um despite it being you know maybe pretty straightforward uh, and very compelling performance did you catch the kind of like obi-wan smirk when he realizes when he thinks he's gonna get away because there's the two times he runs away but the like before the second time he gets this smirk of like oh i can get out of this uh, no, which he he really cannot. Yeah. Um, kudos to Deborah Chow and everybody on not naming the rocks that um, Vader lights oh, on fire. Gosh, yeah, we really lucked out not having to get another dumb element name. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm, yeah, I'm sure we at some point, point will. Yeah, um, we we definitely will at some point. Um. But also, it it's firetonium. I think for Vader, it's he wants this. He wants this to be as painful as possible. So he's yeah. not in a rush. Um, maybe he will act like in a rush, but like he knows he's alive and he wants to hunt him. And it's the like yeah. he doesn't want this to be quick. And he wants to inflict as much pain on him as humanly possible. Yeah. And I also think there's an element of, you know, he doesn't know he's got kids. He doesn't know he's got anything else out there in, in the galaxy for him other than his life as this miserable half man, half machine where he spends half his time in the back to tank and the emperor is making fun of him all the time and all this stuff. And you have to wonder, does he have anything left but this thirst for, killing obi-wan finding yoda killing yoda you know those those figures and their failure um is there is there anything he has left to live for but killing obi-wan and then just the idea of like well if i don't have this i don't know that i have anything else and maybe i'm not quite ready because i've seen you know uh, that I, I think it was, I read on some site or another the idea of like, oh, maybe it's a little bit of good in him or whatever. I don't, mm, I don't think no. that that's the case. I mean, I don't. I think there's certainly an argument you can make for that. But to me, I'm just like, no, he he's not there yet. He doesn't have that. He doesn't know he has a son. That's all dead. I think it's it's if I kill everyone, Kenobi, all I have left is this miserable, purposeless life or whatever. 
whatever. Now, Josh, when you 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 read that as a take, is was that because oh he only killed the father and the son? He let the mom live, so there's still some good in him from the from no. The it was village. specifically, and I usually don't read those sorts of things, but it was specifically a post about like why did he let Obi Wan go when the fire got reignited? Which again, I mean, it read it really loudly, kind of read as silly to me. Like, but then there's also you know. He's got a robot helping him, and he's got, you know, who knows how many people shooting guns at, you know, he's got allies. So that may also just be like, well, I don't want to kill him yet. I don't want to go find, you know, root out all these hooligans and I'll kill them all. Or because I also, yeah, I also just wonder part, part of me was like he wanted it to be private or something, but that's not true because he tells the stormtroopers to bring him or whatever. But I feel I, my initial kind of take was just that like, all this guy does is hang out in his gross bathtub and fantasize about how he is going to like very specifically and excruciatingly torture Obi-Wan Kenobi. And over these 10 years, he has got just the exact sort of playlist of pain that he has dreamt up. And then he's like, Oh, I'm gonna light him on fire. I'm going to do all this. And then, you know, he's laying on fire and then he gets shot at and stuff. He's like, whoa, start over, start over. That's not part of this. Hold on, hold on. You ruined it. You ruined it. All right, everybody start over. We have to start over totally from scratch. I can't even continue. I got one way. I got to come back. It was ruined. You ruined it. I have to come back later. Yeah, I, it would have been interesting if they had shown a Vader tantrum of him, like snapping some stormtroopers necks mm-hmm. um, and being upset about that. But this show, one thing this show is doing is it's putting scenarios out there that make no sense. And it's like, how are you going to explain this away? Like in episode one, episode two, the Grand Inquisitor getting stabbed right. and presumably dying. Um, and then well, presumably this ep- not dying, but yeah. Yeah. And then this episode where Reva has Leia and it's yep. like, is which this... begs the question are they gonna make leia meet darth vader i think so because, yeah it's gonna uh, be like leia leia has seen in a in new hope she's met tarkin before she's right. like i've you know that's that stench where is your dog yeah um yeah so they've met but do they have to meet as a 10 year old and are you like i don't know um it it'll be interesting to see how they do that i mean i think that a a leia like a lot of people are going to really like uh leia standing up to vader because right and then some uh, a small portion of those people that really like it are going to say that anyone who doesn't like it is some sort of has some sort of bigoted opinion or whatever but like i don't know you just showed me how scary our vader is I don't know that I want to see uh, a, a very fine young actress, no doubt, but uh, you know, a little girl being like, you smell bad or whatever. I don't know. It, I don't think you can blame people for not being super excited about that prospect. I'm I'm going to hold judgment until they you know present it in this episode. Yeah. This pre- I'm I mean I'm it's going to be super like interesting how i mean this is gonna be a, this ep, a next episode is a recovery episode right um so they're going to i Jabin. don't know it's only six they're, episodes man so i mean they're going he has to recover um 
and that's he's yeah, gonna, you're right, you're right. And they're supposed to go to Jabim, um, which is from a Clone Wars um, comic that uh. Anakin was a Padawan stranded on this planet. Um, and that's kind of the reference to that. Mapuzo, oh, I, I don't Mapuzo, um, I don't know where that's been referenced before, if that's a um, completely brand new planet. But Jabim is one um, that has been referenced in the comic and then is also the described as by Tal as the waypoint where you know they get them fake identities and move them along and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could see you know they have Leia, so Vader's like he's gonna come for her and using her as bait for the next couple of episodes, but that just seems like that makes sense. But um, I'm really curious what they're gonna do. Um, we have um, I think only one of the rumored cast or one of the cast members that hasn't been named yet which is O'Shea Jackson right right because he had some pretty cool comments about that whole controversy where he's like well if you're pissed about Moe Ingram you're gonna love me so I'm very mm-hmm. excited for him to show up yeah and then um, there are two other people that haven't been aired yet well, let's talk um, about when Tala tells Leia, you know, we've got a pilot waiting for you. There's a pilot that's going to take you away. And in the back of your mind, were you kind of thumbing through the Rolodex like, okay, who's this going to be? I mean, it's probably not going to be Hera. It's, ho- it's Hobby. It's Hobby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then it's just a dead guy. Uh, a dead guy, but he's wearing um, a helmet. Um, it was a green helmet that like it, I guess the A-wing pilots had. Mm, interesting. He, he he had some rebel, some rebel. I couldn't pilot. tell. This is a dark episode, literally. Yeah, I haven't watched it at night yet, and I guess my house can't get dark enough with the sun out at all. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it another other time when it's darker out and see if I can pick up any more details. It's very dark because I specifically tried to look at the guy this last time I was watching it because I was. I heard Zach Braff is in this. Is he the dead guy? Oh, <laughs> he's the, yeah. He's not the dead guy. He's the mole man. Yeah, there's um, there's a few people that are still out there that haven't been uh, haven't been uh, that have been cast, but their mm-hmm. their roles haven't been shown yet. So. Yeah, only halfway, so we got time. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, so we got three more episodes, and then uh, we're go into the lab to see how we're gonna um possibly um deal with all this content although oh, we i know how we're gonna do it and it's gonna be a huge major event and everybody's gonna lose their freaking minds it's gonna be great yeah, we are the we are the kings of content mm-hmm. um all right so if you want to get a hold of us poboys podcast at gmail.com that's our handle i i've posted um a, a few things on our social media some people are trying to clown us to death it will not work yeah, and... better better goons than you have tried and failed. Yeah. So uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.